Hey, DJ Flook here from Stadium Scenes Main Event. Networking has become more important than ever, so why are you still carrying around paper business cards that end up lost or in the trash? Our friends at Link have created a solution to that problem by getting your contact info directly into that person's phone with a simple tap from your plastic business card, a bracelet, or even an Apple Watch band. When it's time to update your contact info, make the change in their easy-to-use networking app. For listeners of Stadium Scenes Made Event, you can save 15% by typing in promo code StadiumScene, that's all one word, at checkout. To learn more, visit linkapp.com. That's L I N Q A P P.com. Hey, Kate, what's the hardest part about going to the game? Finding the closest beer vendor? Hmm, close, but not quite. Parking? Parking! When I need to find parking before the game, I use ParkWiz. It's easy to use, and I always find the best rates near the venue I am heading to. How does that work? You purchase your parking pass on parkwiz.com, and you receive a barcode. Either scan your barcode at the garage entrance, or show your pass to the attendant. Your license plate acts as your permit. So, no shady dude with a sign leading your car down a random alley anymore? Nope. Parkwiz has a parking guarantee that if your spot is not available, you get your money back. That sounds great. What do we need to do? Visit stadiumscene.com forward slash parkwiz and buy your parking pass today. They also have apps for your iPhone and Android devices. Now that those parking issues are solved, I'm going to go find that beer stand. (sighs) Stadiumscene.com forward slash parkwiz. P-A-R-K-W-H-I-Z. Welcome to the fourth Stadium Scene podcast. We've already made it two episodes past Joe Buck's uh, HBO talk show. Um, we do not have Artie Lang on the show today, but you have me. I'm DJ Fluke outside of usual sunny Phoenix, and as always with me is my co-host Kate Thompson outside of usual cloudy Chicago. Hello, Kate. Uh, hi. You know we're actually the windy city, right? Well, yes, but it's never sunny there. It's, it's sunny like five days a year. Okay, yeah. Am I Maybe. right, though? Is it is it cloudy today? It is. It is. <laughs> I'm right again. I'm three for three. So, or my four? No, I'm three for three. So today, uh, speaking of Chicago, today we have a, a special guest on the show. Uh, she's a social media consultant, a food expert, a Chicago native who has lived in Stockholm, Sweden, Sydney, Australia, and has spent the last 11 years between Fort Collins and Denver, Colorado, working in restaurants all the way from host to general manager and everything in between. She's worked at Coors Field as the sweets and catering manager. She's worked at the Pepsi Center as the GM of the Blue Sky Grill and also at Dick's Sporting Goods Park. Now she runs the popular Denver food blog called Bites with Bree. So please welcome to the show, Bree Patterson. Hi, thank you so much. Oh, thank you. Um, We've been trying to arrange this for a a few weeks, but schedules have kind of not worked out in either one of our favors so it's it's good to finally get you on the phone here and and uh start this show so let's uh let's get right to it so i've actually never been inside the city limits of denver uh, i have been to the airport out in the middle of nowhere i've been to colorado springs i've been to breckenridge but i've never actually been into denver itself kate what about you Ah, never. Colorado Springs is the only place in Colorado I've been. That's weird. Did, did you actually so, did you fly directly into Colorado Springs? Yeah. Huh. Yeah. 
it was for my day job, so <laughs> God go direct. So I'm gonna go ahead and kick it off with with Bree here. Uh, you've lived in the Colorado area for 11 years. So so what brought you to Colorado? Originally, I came for college. I went to Colorado State University, which is located in Fort Collins. Um, always had dreams of moving to the mountains, even though Fort Collins is a known as a ranch town <laughs> in the foothills, but I made it, and that's kind of kept me here ever since. I just love the weather, the people, just the overall vibe of Colorado. It's it's great. I mean, Denver has a, a great vibe for you know, young people, restaurants, bars, it, it just, you know, even though knowing very little about the city itself, you can just kind of, kind of get that. Is that what, what attracted you to the city? Yeah, I, I really wanted that Chicago feel. And to be honest, Denver's never given me that, but I appreciate it now because Denver's kind of like a mini suburb, suburb of Chicago. So I think of it as like a Wicker Park, Bucktown mixed together. So it's just a small portion of a city, but it has so much to offer and just the small limits. You can literally get from one side to the other in 20 minutes, whereas in Chicago, it takes you 20 minutes to go a mile. Well, yeah, that was actually my, my next question. I, I'm guessing the traffic isn't quite as bad during rush hour. So, um... Definitely not. <laughs> So you've actually you're you're very familiar with the the stadium area around Denver with you know with us being a primary sports and, and restaurants. This is uh, we thought you would be an, an awesome guest. Um, how did you get into? Well, let's let's set up. Which stadium did you work at first? I worked at Pepsi Center first, Pepsi Center. and that was my second real job out of college. And working at the Pepsi Center, I have to admit, as a, a kid, Joe Sackick was my, my favorite hockey player growing up. And uh, <laughs> did you ever ever meet him or run into any of the yeah. players working there? Yep. I actually used to work with the players um, quite closely because of um, we would do private caterings. And their nutritionists would always say, oh, they need salmon with no butter and then they can have pasta. But we need uh, kids' food as well for all the kids, which would be chicken chicken nuggets and mac and cheese and of course they would always take the kids food and we'd be left over with all of the salmon and, <laughs> and pasta not, noodles but um, actually yeah and joe is actually always there he i mean before he became more involved once he retired he he was just always there he would pop up and be like hey can i get tickets to one of the players right there right outside my office door and so i'd always see these conversations happening and they're like of course anything for you so he was around quite a bit even um when there weren't game days he would just be in the halls passing through and you know when i i finally met joe sackick towards the end of his career my my dad and i we took a trip down to nashville and we literally got there several hours early and stalked around the hotel and we found found the team hotel um, they were staying at the Renaissance just north of, of the stadium there. And so we hung out right at the front doors and waited for the players to come out. And you know, there was a uh, big escalator, like, right inside the door. And, you know, we were just peeking. And, and, you know, the players had come out. And, you know, most of the Avalanche players from the, the Cup teams had already either moved on or, or retired. But, you know, and I'm, I'm waiting. And I'm like, where's, you know, where's Joe? Where's Joe? And, and I looked up. And there you see him coming down the escalator with his bag, getting ready to walk to the stadium. And it was just kind of one of those, oh. 
moments for me. Um, you know, seeing a childhood hero of mine, and I mean, he he couldn't have been uh, you know any nicer of a person um, to the fans. And and you know, he's signing, and I went up and and I got a picture with him, and I looked absolutely ridiculous wearing a cowboy hat uh, in the picture <laughs> because you know I'm in Don't. Nashville. Yeah, go ahead, Kate. Rip me. Go for it. I was going to say, when don't you? But also, I have to ask, you seem to um, stalk teams often. Was this the first time? Uh, it was, yeah, it was one of the first times that I actively stalked a professional sporting team. I don't know if stalk is the right word, but um, the uh, he signed my jersey. He got my, I got a picture with him and, you know, and, and after that, my dad and I would go down to Nashville after that, um, Anyway, enough enough about me. I've already wasted enough of, of my time. So, you know, moving on. You know, what what what's your best memory outside of you know the meeting with the players? What's your best memory about working at the Pepsi Center? Ooh, um, I would say it actually. This is non sports related. There was a concert and. <laughs> From my office, I could smell something really good. So I started heading towards the loading dock where normally it smells like all the garbage waiting to go out. And Poison brought in their own private caterer. They were playing a a show there that night. And I was like, man, why didn't they choose us? That was my first first impression. And then I was like, but you know what? That was... That was a good idea. These guys look like they know what they're doing, and they're making some really good food. So it was just cool to be able to um, be in the same place as an, a musical artist and not just all these players all the time. Because, you know, you see them so many times that they just become everyday people to to me, at least. I'm sure not to other people. But I was like, okay. And then when I saw, the, you know, the whole Poison crew, I actually got to see their band set up, too, and before they, like, pushed it out on stage. And they had a really cool drum set. And I'm not even a Poison fan, but I felt more inclined to be a fan because of their caterer and then just their setup overall. That's, uh, that's pretty incredible. That is awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm going to bring it back. And I want to know, what should if I were to go to the Pepsi Center, what do I need to know? Is there Ooh. anything like a secret spot or yeah, where to so go there, get food? There's a couple things. So if there, if you see a big line out of either of the entrances, the main or the side or the back entrance, you can actually go in through the side, um, through where I used to work, Blue Sky Grill. It's now called um, the Breckenridge. Mm-hmm. Of course. Uh, I, I forgot the name, Breckenridge Restaurant. But you can go through there, and there's actually an entrance, but you're also dropped off into a bar. So what better than to be right there? Go through the bar, grab your drinks, and then you can walk to your seats. So it's it's a good perk. If you're going to get food, I highly suggest getting food from there as well. Um, they have great selection of affordable food like your burgers and nachos but they also do a lot of fine dining items they have a great chef on staff um, you can get the catch of the day they have delicious scallops they've gotten um, some bison street tacos which sounds kind of unique but it's it's so delicious um, and then there's also the Cronky residence which is on top of the stadium it actually overlooks the highlands and then mile high stadium um, and then the Rocky Mountains, and it's all the way on the what would essentially be the fourth floor. You can't get to it unless you have um, a pass, but it's actually on 
a very well-known used elevator. So anybody, if they have access to someone that has that pass, they could just go right up. So just to, to clarify for our listeners, the Cronky residence, it's Stan Cronky, the, the owner of the, oh, let's see, these the Avalanche, the Nuggets, and the controversial owner of the Los Angeles Rams who stole them from St. Louis, or I don't know if stole is the right word, but <laughs> relocated them from St. Louis to say the least. So he's, he's not a very popular figure in, uh, in St. Louis right now. Correct. Yes, that would be his residence, but it's not his full-time residence. I think it's only when there's a game he comes to stay there. Oh, well, he's, he's a billionaire. I'm sure he has plenty of residence. <laughs> I mean, he even has a ranch to go hang out on in Wyoming. Sure. <laughs> Why not? And, you know, when you got that much money, you can do whatever you want. So. Yeah. Just to check, no one lives at Coors Field, right? Correct. I would say there's a couple of random cats that run around just because it's an outdoor stadium, but no one lives there. Nobody lives there, but there's there's a humidor there. Yeah, the, um, there is a humidor, and it's for a very good reason. Um, in the past, people have complained about the baseballs being too dense uh, from other teams. So to get rid of any accusations they have a humidor in the basement of course field uh it's pretty cool it's it looks like a walk-in freezer and it has all of these gauges on the outside to tell you what the temperature is the humidity level everything and they just keep a large stock of baseballs in there and once they use a baseball for one of the games it's it never goes back in there it's interesting they're actually uh thinking about installing a humidor at chase field here in uh in phoenix just because of how, how dry it is. So uh, they, they actually, you're not going to have the, uh, well, you already don't have the uh, Rockies of the 90s anymore hitting you know, 40, 50 home runs apiece. So seems to have, have uh, reduced that count pretty uh, significantly. Yep, absolutely. So, Unfortunately, but I don't know if that has a lot to do with the baseballs or the team. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know, they're in first place right now. I mean, it's yeah, it's early, but hey, it's they're off to a good start. Yeah, I'm a Rockies fan still. <laughs> Always a Cubs fan, but still a Rockies fan just from working there. Yeah, you kind of don't really have a choice once you so, work there. Yeah. So what did you do while you worked there? I was in charge of the suites and catering department. Um, So I worked pretty much everywhere on the third floor and anywhere underground and then on the actual field for weddings and non-game day events. So being in the uh, suites and catering area, who is the most famous person not affiliated with the team that you ran into? Oh, I would, you know, they brought in the entire Dodgers family and they stayed in suite 32 is uh, the the presidential suite. And they actually, it was kind of funny because here we are running around getting Dodgers hats and Dodgers swag and Coors Field, which is impossible to find. But So we had to go to stores outside of there. But um, once I went into the actual suite, I found out that it was the, um, the owner of the LA Dodgers. And I didn't know who he was. And I just was chatting away with him and had a good old time. Um, hanging out in his suite with them. How, uh, how long ago was that? That was two years ago. So Maybe three. So I think it was three. 
So was this, were you talking to, you weren't talking to Magic Johnson, were you? No, I don't think so. I don't think it was him. Uh, you'd, you'd know it if, if you saw him. Yeah, I know I know who Magic Johnson yeah, they, is. Yeah, that uh, ownership group where it feels like there's 50 owners of the Dodgers now. Um, yeah. After, you know, Magic Johnson leading the way there. But it's interesting. I swear, every time I go to Chase Field, I always feel like I'm seeing the Dodgers. Um, so, I, I, you know, I purposely, when I got tickets, I did not schedule the Dodgers this year. So... So Coors Field has a, a special garden that you had mentioned to us before the show. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, the, the Coors Field garden is actually right behind um, what we call the rock pile, which is your outfield seating. So it's right below it, and it's a very cool concept. So Aramark actually is the company who rents the space uh, from the Monfort family, <laughs> and they plant all of these different vegetables that they use in their fine dining foods so anything that you get in the suites or their private restaurants or anything on the club level is usually harvested from that garden and it's things from eggplants to squash corn peas carrots you name it tons of lettuce there's like 50 different varieties of lettuce and it actually was started um, a couple years ago just in in an effort to be more social sorry in an effort to be more locally sourced. That's interesting. That's uh, that's really good. I like that the uh, you know the how processed foods and everything have become such a controversial and you know regular topic to to go to have have a natural food source right there. Uh, it's it's pretty awesome. Yeah, definitely. So we're gonna shift gears here. Um, I've covered the stadiums pretty extensively. So and we're going to move into the, the bar and restaurant scene. And you had some, some interesting comments for us. Um, you mentioned you, you worked at actually Dick's Sporting Goods Park as well. You, know, you hit three of the four. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. Not You haven't hit Mile High yet? I have not. I, I don't know if they, I want to go back into sports, though. So if I had the opportunity, I would most likely go for somewhere I haven't been, and that would be Mile High. Have they, uh, has there been any word of them coming up with a new name? Or are they going to have a stadium sponsored by a defunct sporting goods store? You know, it's kind of funny because there's always, it's almost like an April Fool's joke in the paper always. There's a new name, a new company interested. For a while, there was a marijuana company that was going to take it over. <laughs> And it was so suiting for Mile High Stadium, but it, and everybody was like, "This is perfect. We need this." And other people were like, "No, I never want to take my kid to the yeah, game. Let's not, not do this." Marijuana is not exactly a family-friendly ordeal. But then again, I don't really think you know, the last couple NFL games I've been to, they weren't exactly family-friendly environments either. Yeah, <laughs> but I, I think if you're in Denver, you'll hear a lot of people still call it Invesco. So I think That's it would right. pers- personally, I think it would be great if they just went back to Invesco because people still call it Invesco instead of Mile High. I think Invesco is still around. I mean, I guess you know that would be better than calling it you know, Sports Authority Field, which has now been gone for a year. Yeah, I agree. So anyway, going back to my my original point, I get off topic so often it's amazing. Um, we're talking about restaurants uh, near Dick Sporting Goods Park, and we, we during our research we ran into a place called it's called La Sandia. 
Yeah. So I've heard it's called La Sandia, but I think it's La Sandia. That's how I call it. (laughs) Yeah, I I don't speak Spanish and I live, you know, two hours from the border. So (laughs) you'd think I'd be a little bit better at that. Sandia is actually located in a neighborhood called Stapleton, which is technically a Denver suburb. Um, I think it might even be called Denver in the zip code, but it's a great area for families and they have tons of, there's a huge shopping area with tons of restaurants. So it's, it's kind of the perfect place to go, but Sandia is so great because they have delicious margaritas and the food it's just phenomenal. There's actually a cheesy rice that's on their secret menu. And I only found out about it because my friend was saying, oh, I don't like the standard rice here. And the guy, I felt bad for him. He was like, what do you mean? I make the best rice ever. <laughs> and and then uh, he said, you know what? I got a rice for you. It's not on the menu anymore, but we always have it. It's a cheesy rice. And so I highly recommend ordering it it's like a cotilla cheese on just white rice and for some reason it's like the best thing that they could have ever came out with they also have really good table side guac and i always add extra jalapenos to mine to make it spicy that sounds delicious (laughs) yeah it definitely is so another restaurant that we stumbled upon while doing our research was work and class yeah do you have anything on that one yeah, working class is actually closer to Coors Field. It's uh, located in the neighborhood called Rhino of Denver. It's a great place for happy hour uh, food and drinks. It gets pretty busy because it's small, but it has a really cool concept behind it. It's actually um, shipping containers for the whole interior and exterior of the building. So they just took a bunch of shipping containers on this little block and built all these different I guess, bars and coffee shops. And I think there's a clothing store in there too. But it's it's so cool, but it's so small that you're, you know, you feel so cozy next to everybody. Um, and they always have really unique things on the menu. I think I had some strange, it was almost like a, um, like a Scottish egg that they had on their happy hour. And people were like, what is this? And I was like, a Scottish egg. You've never heard of one. <laughs> And, and it actually, I think it stayed on their menu for quite a while. They also have a really cool idea that if they have a, a wait for their bar or seating area, they have a secret drink and you can ask for the um, after shift drink or the secret drink. And that's only if you stand outside, you get a really good discount on a cocktail, but it's whatever the bartender is making for that day. So you mentioned the shipping containers do they actually use the shipping container doors or did they weld them shut and put real doors on there? They put glass doors on them, okay. so they took those out. Oh, that, I was about to say that'd be interesting. You get the the hook and <laughs> bring it wide open. That would uh, that'd be an interesting place to visit, but you know, still it's an interesting place to visit. Yeah. So I'm going to move us on, on to the bars. And I'm going to just say I lived in Milwaukee for five years. Yes, I was in college, so I checked out all of the bars. Um, One that caught my eye was the Denver Beer Company. Um, Yeah. What do you think about it? The Denver Beer Company is a great brewery, first off. But it's also a really great place. They have an awesome patio. Their place has garage doors. So it's almost like if it's really nice weather, it's it's all outdoor brewery. But um, in the winter, it's even friendly. It's warm. Um, and 
it's a great place to meet friends even if you're not from Denver because everybody's seated picnic style and it's open seating. So sometimes you're sitting with a group of girls, sometimes you're sitting with a group of dogs because it's a very dog-friendly patio. Um, but it's a great way to just, you know, pop into someone's conversation and, and it's kind of one of those original Denver vibes of welcoming people into the community. They also have really great warm pretzels but they sell out. So if you see one and it's still available, you have to grab it. I, it pairs perfectly with their beer. So one of our sites that are one of our, our bars that we researched uh, was the Giggling Grizzly. Uh, it's located at 1320 20th Street in Denver. Uh, it was rated pretty highly and you seem to agree with that. What, what do you like about it? Yeah, I I personally love it because it's always rowdy. It's a good time. It's I, w- I would say it's might be one of my favorite bars in Denver because it's not too divey, but it has enough of a divey feel that you can go there any way that you want if you're dressed up or dressed down. Um, they always have some type of promo girl or guy there for beer and liquor, so you're guaranteed a good special. The last time I was there... Um, they had Pacifico beer girls and they were handing out a free beer to everybody. Plus I got free sunglasses. So what a, what a great deal. Show up and get a free beer at the minute you walk in. (laughs) You can't complain about that. I would show up and drink Schlitz if they gave it to me for free. (laughs) Me too. So one I have to ask about, um, I'm, I'm a sucker for, arcade games and like to the point like I, f- I found one in a dumpster with some friends of mine and we we stole it out uh and and fixed it and spent way too much money in college uh to get this thing back up but there's a bar we found called the one up and you mentioned that it's uh it's actually pretty quiet in there yeah i would say so there's actually two one-ups and the the one up that you're talking about is quieter only in the the sense that it doesn't have the the smaller vibe that the original one has. So the one on Blake Street, 1925 Blake Street, um, it's great because it's underground. So it, but it also has a tiny patio. It's super dark, but it's lit up by all the games and it's old school games to new wave games. My favorite is pinball and they have maybe 30 or 40 pinball machines, different ones. I always play the Adams Family one or like the James Bond one. <laughs> but they also have Ski Ball. You can play Frogger, Mortal Kombat, The Simpsons. There's so many things to do that it's, you know, there's a game for everybody. Um, and they have really great prices. Yeah, it's awesome. I, I, you know, I was, when you said that, that it's kind of hidden because it's underground, that kind of surprised me a little bit. I hope that, you know, Maybe we can give it some exposure and get more uh, touristy people in there. Not not too many. We don't want to have the tourists take <laughs> it over and, and kind of ruin it, but you know what I mean. So there's actually an entrance right off the side. So if anybody's looking for it, it's a big black door, and it has no one under 21 allowed after whatever. T- I think it's 8 p.m., and there's usually a guy sitting there waiting to check IDs, but it looks a little scary because it's kind of in the alley, <laughs> but that's the entrance. <laughs> I, could, I could see that being a, being a, a little, red flag. Yeah, yeah, you head down this alley and go into this basement. Yeah, that sounds like a great time. <laughs> But yeah, well, it sounds like it actually is a great time. It is. So as we're wrapping so things I'm up, wrap up, yeah, as we're wrapping things up, I think Kate wants to go, go ahead. And, no, I was actually setting you up for this. I was tossing you the softball, but 
Uh, anyway, we're to start wrapping things up. Kate has, uh, I think, going to go ahead and ask the the closing question here. So, if I I'm going to Denver, and I have to go to one place, what is that place to go to? Hmm, that's a tough one. Be bar or a restaurant, or I um, could do one of each. Okay, so I would say the number one. It's actually a bar and restaurant, so I can combine it into one. I would say that the best place to go in Denver would be Avanti Food and Beverage. It's a collective eatery hall, which just means that they have multiple uh, small restaurants inside of this large area. And then there's a bar on the top floor and the bottom floor. And you can order, your tab technically is at the whole bar, so you can order from any of the servers for a new drink. And that overlooks the city of Denver, and you can see Mile High and Coors Field from their patio. And the great thing is that they actually embraced the bleacher idea. So if there's no seating on the patio up top, like the upper deck, they actually have bleachers that go all the way down to the bottom to the lower deck so that you can look over Coors Field. Um, I was there for opening day. It's kind of my hangout place every year because it's the perfect spot to watch the fireworks, the balloons take off, and then also when when they fly the jets over, they fly right over your head. So Avanti has really great food. My favorite place is Kiro Arepas. It's an Arepa place. And then um, I just love the cocktails there as well as the rosé wine. There you go, Kate. Next time you book your flight to Denver, or I guess the first time you book a flight to Denver, you've got some places to check out. Yeah. So we're going to go ahead and wrap up the show. Uh, Bree, thank you for being on the show today. Do you have a uh, any website or social media you'd like to plug? Yeah. Thank you so much, DJ and Kate, for hosting me. Um, check my blog out at biteswithbree.com. Bree spelled B-R-E. Um, or you can hire me for social media at bestamedia.co, B-A-S-T-A, media.co. Thank you so much, guys. Sure. And yeah, thank you. Have, you. A, have a, uh, any uh, uh, Instagram, Twitter? Yes. My handle is at Bites with Bree. Excellent. So just Bites with Bree. Thank you again, and we'll go ahead and wrap the show up. Um, this has been the Stadium Scene podcast episode four talking about denver and be sure to check us out on the itunes store or the google play music store which you probably have if you're listening to this you can check us out on social media at stadium scene on facebook or twitter and we have our oddball stadium underscore scene on instagram we also have pinterest uh, stadium scene there as well so thank you again for listening and we will see you next time Hey, Kate, do you like deals? Of course, who doesn't? Well, good, because if you said no, this read would have become really awkward. Well, that's something you're pretty good at. Well, I know you are, but what am I? Really? Your maturity level's showing. Thank you. Anyway, did you know Amazon has an entire page dedicated to daily deals? No, I didn't. They have deals that update each day and other deals that pop up throughout the day. No matter when you go and visit, there are always new items. 
Let me guess, you can see the latest deals by visiting stadiumscene.com forward slash Amazon. Wait, how'd you know that? Come on, did you really think I didn't know about Amazon deals? I was just playing along to mess with you. (sighs) Thanks a lot. Thanks for wasting my time. Stadiumscene.com forward slash Amazon.